Praise the Lord, church. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. Uh, I wonder if you would stand and turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. And I'm going to break a rule. Usually in preaching, they tell you not to read more than one verse, one line. I'm going to read like an entire four chapter. No, I'm joking. I'm going to read an entire one, two, three, four paragraphs of Scripture. But I don't want to take something out of context. So for the sake of doing that, I'm going to read the whole thing. Go to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 13 to 147. No, to 26. 13 to 26. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, for you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Everybody read this part with me. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. All right? The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Everybody say amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be touched by you, to hear from you. I pray that you would anoint me to speak your truth today, that hearts may be touched and pierced and lives may be uh, uh, revolutionized. Father, I pray that you would have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, speak to us in a clear and audible way today so that we might be changed, so that we might draw closer to you, so that we might hear your voice in a more succinct and precise way from this day forward. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray everybody say amen. amen. Everybody can now be seated. Everybody say led by the Spirit. It's an interesting concept, being led by the Spirit. When you hear the term led by the Spirit, what does that, what, what does that bring to your mind? Anybody? Raise your hand and just tell us what, what you think. Uh, Sister Cynthia? Wait. Like when you pull a horse, you lead a horse to the water, you know. So the visualization you get is a horse being pulled or led. Okay. You got to sit all the way back here. Sorry. <laughs> um, being led by God. When I think about it, I think about being led by the hand of God. Okay. Led by the hand of God. My sister right here. Uh, freedom. Freedom. Yeah, not, not being constricted or bound by anything or anyone. Led by the Spirit equals freedom, not being bound by anything. Sister? Think of a parent leading a child. A parent leading a child. These are all extraordinary. I love it. I like it. Led by your conscience. Led by our conscience. Well... Okay, but God kind of speaks to our conscience. That's more how it works. So, you know, we do have a conscience, and God will kind of insert something where he wants you to really think about something a little bit more clearly. Right, but we'll get into that. But thank you for that. I would say relationship. It speaks about relationship. I like that. Sister, you only get one per try, but I'm going to give you grace today. <laughs> yeah. An overpowering sense of just leadership like you, you just want to be 
I can't explain it, but um, it's like there's no there's no bounds. Like you're not bound by anything, and it's it's so powerful. It's more powerful than you are. I like that. I like that. And oh, sorry. Oh, I look at it um, like a train needs needs tracks. Without the tracks. All right. I like all of those. I like your answer. I like that overpowering sense with no bounds. So I think, I think what you're saying is, is confidence, uh, being able to move without fear with, with confidence and, you know, uh, something or someone or, or um, a force that cannot be messed with is behind you. So, you, okay, I like that. I kind of like that. Today I thought I might do something cool. I, think, I thought I might demonstrate to you um, the Holy Spirit leading, right? So I'm, I'm just going to do something here. I'm going to take a moment. And uh, I actually had been recently praying, and uh, I found myself needing guiding, guidance on an issue. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to tap into the Holy Spirit right now. And uh, I'm going to call him up, and I'm going to ask him to help me out with something. Just give me a second. One eight hundred Holy Spirit. Okay, it's ringing. What's funny? It's ringing. What's so funny? I'm demonstrating how the Holy Spirit guides us. Cut it out. Yeah, hello? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes. I, yes, thank you. I, I just wanted to speak to you today. I, I had a question for you. Right, so the other day we had a, I was explaining to you a, a job opportunity. Yeah, that's the one. Yep, the band. You too, they, they needed a new guitar player. That's right. Well, I, I know you kind of answered it, but, you know, I just, I was wondering if you'd reconsider. Right, so Bono, well, this is a new development. Bono called me, and no, Bono. But he's the lead singer of the band. Yeah, I know, it's a stupid name. Well, it, he, he called me again. He said that The Edge needed help with the... The Edge, he's the guitar player. <laughs> I know, he's, that's a stupid name, too. What, so they said they needed a second guitar player to help them out. And, uh, and so I was wondering if you might reconsider. They, they're offering me the job again. They really want me. Right. So the thing is, is that, you know, I, I really, you know, I'm thinking that it'd be great to show the world the, these gifts that you gave me and kind of travel the world. And, and I know you had concerns about the salvation thing. I know. But No. What do you mean I can't handle it? Lord, listen, people tell me how humble I am and how dedicated I am to you all the time. You mean to tell me they're all wrong? Of course I love my family. Absolutely. The wife and children you gave me, they're amazing. They're the best gift you ever Of course I love my church family. (laughs) Yes, Holy Spirit, of course I trust you. No, but listen, listen, this would be the greatest thing ever. I, you know, wouldn't you want, listen, Lord, wouldn't you want like the tithes of a rock star? Yeah, no. No, I, I know, I know you did. I know Jesus didn't die on the cross for tithes. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is my ego. All right, well, since you put it that way, you know, I guess I can't argue with you. All right, thank you, Holy Spirit. Bye-bye. All he had to do was just say no. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just call the Holy Spirit like that on the phone 
and just ask him straight out, should I do this? Should I do that? Is this where you want me to go? Is that where you want me to go? But it doesn't work like that. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know, when we first become born-again believers, God gives us what the Scripture calls us the earnest of his Spirit. He fills fills us with the Holy Spirit. Pastor Victor had mentioned previously in another sermon how the Holy Spirit is what seals us. We're sealed. We have a seal unto the day of redemption, right? And so just because we receive the Holy Spirit of God, just because we become born-again believers, um, doesn't necessarily mean that we get everything right thereafter. Doesn't necessarily mean that we are then immediately led by the Spirit. Somebody say amen. You guys are falling asleep on me. The Corinthians belie- Corinthian believers had been filled with the Spirit but had failed to recognize the responsibility of walking in the Spirit. And so the apostle, Apostle Paul, made a sad statement. He said, you are yet carnal and walk as men. This is what Paul said to born-again believers. No matter how much a man may receive from God in spiritual gifts, nothing is accomplished. Everybody say, nothing is accomplished unless that man walks in the spirit. I'm going to say that again and you repeat after me. Nothing is accomplished unless they are walking in the spirit. For example, one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to help us in our prayer, to guide us in our prayer, to add power, to add super to our natural in our prayer. Uh, But if we ignore our prayer life, if we never pray, how can the Holy Spirit do its job? Another job from the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit to us is to give us the power to witness, to be witnesses, right? That's what what the, the Great Commission is. You know, go and preach and teach and baptize in my name. But if we refuse to witness for the testimony of Jesus Christ... How effective is the Holy Spirit going to be on our lives with that regard? The Holy Spirit is the revelator. He reveals to us the amazing hidden truths in the Word of God. Right? How many of us know that the Word is a living Word? The Bible is a living Word. It's a living, breathing Word. It's not just a book. It is God's mind. It is God's essence. It is God's heart poured out on paper for us to access anytime we want. And part of the Holy Spirit's job is to guide us and reveal to us his word. If we never read the word, how can that power be activated in our lives? Amen? Uh, Today we're going to focus on how the Spirit leads us, the Holy Spirit leads us. Now, I hope you brought pens and paper. Right? I have one. Who wants this one? Sister back there. Nate, do me a favor, give, give my sister this pen. That was the only pen I have. The rest of you now have to walk to the back on your own. <laughs> pull out a paper, pull out your iPad, pull out your chisel and your limestone. Pull out whatever it is that you need to take notes because this is going to be a bullet-pointed moment. For those of you who don't know how the Holy Spirit leads you, this is going to help you to know what it means to be led by the Spirit and how he communicates his desire, his will, and his direction to us. For those of you who do know, this is going to be a great little format for you to teach somebody else. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I heard several of your brains shout, I ain't teaching nobody. Well, you stink. Okay. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit is our friend. The Holy Spirit is our friend. How many times have you asked your friends, what do you think I should do? How many of you have a friend that you may call from time to time? What do you think I should do? Where do you think I should go? Should I wear this color dress? Do these shoes make me look fat? Does this shirt make my hair look... I don't know. I don't don't really pay much attention to my hair or my clothes, but... How many of us have asked the big life questions to our friends? Some people even go as far as to go to people who consult familiar spirits. and They look into a crystal ball. 
I remember at a very young age, eight, nine, ten years old, being at my grandmother's house, and every so once in a while, somebody would come over, and they would go into the kitchen. And, you know, I'm a kid, so I'm peeking in the kitchen to see what's going on. And, uh, you know, she's got these cards laid out on the table, and she's smoking a cigar and blowing it in their face and doing all of this creepy, weird stuff. And, you know, I didn't know what the heck it was, but this was somebody that came and paid my, paid my grandmother for her services to give them guidance and direction for their lives. Not from the Holy Spirit, from a spirit, yes, but not from the Holy Spirit, right? And so uh, how many of us know that witchcraft is unacceptable to the Lord? Amen. All right, so now you're with me. You guys are getting on track. The Holy Spirit comes to guide the believer into all truth. Everybody say all truth. But how can he accomplish this? I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong spot. Uh, he loves you and wants to guide you in all your decisions. He is the Holy Spirit, your helpful friend. Um, write this down. He leads you by God's word. Too many faces looking at me, not enough people writing. Number one, he leads you by God's word. The Bible is the roadmap that the Holy Spirit uses to lead you to heaven and bring the kingdom of heaven to earth as its representative. How many of you know that you're representatives of the kingdom? His job is to empower you to be witnesses to the world. And his word gives you the instructions for living. He leads us through the stories of the Bible. In the stories of the Bible, we find patterns of behavior and we find decisions and consequences made by people like, uh, how many of us are in those the morning session with bells where we're learning about Samson. Oh, well, of course, you're going to raise your hand. Uh, by the way, you're, you're an amazing teacher and you're doing a fantastic job. Uh, I walked in after worship rehearsal this morning and was literally blown away, like blown backwards by the backlash of the intense fellowship that was going on. Um, and there was... I guess the format was some kind of a debate between two teams regarding Samson and his circumstance and his choices and his behavior and the consequences. And these folks were going at it. But how important is it to take that story and bring it into your own life? How, ma how many parallels are there between the story of Samson and our own lives? Amen. Whether you're a male or female, there are choices that he made that can adapt to your circumstances sometimes. Amen? And that's how the Word of God, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks to us and leads us through His Word. The Holy Spirit leads us through timeless principles in His Word. Timeless principles that carry over to every generation and every society. When you hear Jesus talking about our hearts and about how we behave in the temple and how we... Uh, choose to behave around one another and what we, how we choose to serve and love one another. He gives us timeless principles. And so the Holy Spirit prompts us to move according to his word. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit prompts us to move and behave and operate according to his word. All right. Uh, the Holy Spirit will also speak to you through Bible cheat teaching, which we just spoke about in Bells. This may be in preaching, teaching, or in the church, on the radio, Bible clubs, Christian literature. When I first got born again, I remember I, the big station, which was AM at the time, was, um, was it, what's in the, it was a DJ, WWDJ. And uh, I remember I used to listen to this, and the, my favorite guys were Tony Evans and Charles Stanley. Tony Evans at the time used to do the Urban Alternative. And I love these guys, and I would listen to them on the way to church and on the way to work. And throughout the week, I was kind of, even though I wasn't in church every single day, I was getting church every single day. I was feeding my spirit. And there were many times when, you know, through Charles Stanley and Tony Evans, the Holy Spirit would minister to me and give me direction for certain things going on in my life. TV shows on Sunday mornings, I still watched um, Chuck Stanley on TV. Now, you all may not like him. 
He may not be as flashy as T.D. Jakes. Um, he may not have as cute a smile as Joel Osteen. But this guy has been solid, rock solid, in my case, for the last 21 years. Um, and, and still preaching and teaching the solid foundation of the Word of God, uh, relevant to everyone. Um, these are the ways that he's chosen to lead you into all truth. Remember John chapter 16, 13. Um, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. The Holy Spirit does not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And who does he hear it from? Almighty God, Heavenly Father, and he will tell you things to come. Listen. Your friends don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The tarot card lady, the spooky tarot card lady that was my grandmother, has no idea what the future holds. But Almighty God, who loves you with an eternal love, knows everything that's coming down the pipe for you. He knows the future. And He cares more for you than anybody else. He died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross, amen, for us. He leads you by the church. Number two, he leads you by the church. Write that down. Somebody tell me what number one was. Thank you. Somebody's paying attention. He leads you by his word. He leads you by the church is number two. Let me ask you something. How does a child learn to walk and talk? Shout it out, anybody. How does a child learn to walk and talk when they're a baby? Practice? Watching? Who are they watching? Who are they watching? Parents, family members, relatives. (laughs) Maybe at your house, brother. In my house, they're watching Voltron, Thundercats. No, joking. They're watching parents. They're watching brothers and sisters. They're watching cousins. They're watching aunts and uncles. All of which we have here in the spirit. When you were born again, uh, when you were born again, the Holy Spirit made you a part of God's family, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Christ has put in the church pastors, teachers, and other leaders The Holy Spirit provides them special gifts so they can do their work well. Amen? So in the church we have ministers, we have elders, we have deacons, we have brothers and sisters of the Lord who have more experience than us, and they are are accessible to us. Right? We can come and ask folks questions. Those of you who are relatively new in the Lord, raise your hand real quick. If you're, if you're a newer born-again believer in the Lord, raise your hand. Less than two years. Less than two years. My brother in the back, thank you for your honesty. We got another very slow hand coming up on the right. Thank you for your delayed honesty. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Do you feel like you have a group of people here, family members here in the church, that you can ask a question about and trust that they're going to give you a scriptural uh, uh, based answer that's going to help you and not hurt you. I got a yes, and I got another yes. Amen. That's what it's all about. We're supposed to be here to help you walk. Amen. Um, he did this to prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service, to build up the body of Christ. Uh, every church member needs to be full of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. But wait a second. In the church that I came from, only the pastor really needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He was the one that had to do all the praying and all the bus driving and all the preaching and all the musical playing. Should that be? We all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Do you know why? Because the church operates in harmony when when it's believers, when it's uh, when it's uh, congregants and the leaders are filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. In fact, I'll go a step further and I'll say it in our modern day vernacular. 
The Holy Spirit helps us to stay in our lane. Somebody say amen. amen. Say amen with attitude. Amen. It helps us to stay in our lane. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit speaks in one singular voice. And if we're all hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, we can stay in our lane because we know the goal. Somebody say amen. amen. When there's dissension, when there's people with a thousand different opinions and attitudes and people get real stink attitudes because they think the pastor's doing it wrong, uh, they start voicing this around town and, and, they, and it causes problems. And I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about that church across the street. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Because that don't be happening up in here. But when we're all hearing from the Holy Spirit, we're all hearing one voice. And it helps us to operate in harmony. Everybody say harmony. How many people know that dissonance is very harmful to the ears? Well, I, 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 would, I, would, I would tell you that dissonance is very harmful to God's ears and his body. Amen? We're supposed to operate in harmony with one another. Harmony, on the other hand, when you hear singers singing together in harmony, there's just something about it that's so amazing. No instrument, no man-made instrument in the world can sound as beautiful as harmonizing voices. I'll tell you that right now. Harmony is important in the church. The Holy Spirit is the key. Somebody say amen. Somebody say led by the Spirit. Number three. We ready? How many people wrote number three? Raise your hand. <laughs> number three, he leads you by spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit has spiritual gifts for every Christian. He wants us to accept these gifts so we can help one another. There are different types of gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. Each one is given um, some proof... Some proof of the Spirit's presence for, all, for the good of all. Write this down, 1 Corinthians 12, 4. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can lead us using those gifts. The Holy Spirit give your, may give your pastor or another spirit-filled Christian the message of wisdom or of knowledge that you need. How many people have ever come to church needing to hear something? And somebody from somewhere in the church all of a sudden came to you and gave you that thing that you needed to hear. You had a petition before the Lord and you asked the Lord, hey, I need to, I need to know something. I need to know about this. Can you give me direction on this? Can you just tell me about this? If I hear about this today, then I'll have more confidence. I'll have more strength. I'll be able to trust you and move forward. And you come to church and this person out of nowhere who you didn't tell anything to comes to you and says, uh, the sky is blue and trees grow green leaves. And all of a sudden your life was like, ah! now I'm being silly, but you know what I'm talking about. God gives us these spiritual gifts, specifically the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit will move through one believer and speak to you with something that you that couldn't possibly have known. And the Holy Spirit will lead us in that way. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, when you talk to people about the Lord or share something from the Bible, you need the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? In the same token, when people give to you uh, that gifting and they speak something, something to you that's a blessing to you, you need to be prepared with a word, with an answer for others. And you need to be connected with the Holy Spirit in order to translate that wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Can you give a Holy Spirit-filled answer in absence of the Holy Spirit? No. It's just not so. You can't do it. Who's it coming from? Yeah, me. And I tend to blow it a lot. I can't even rule my own self well. How am I going to rule somebody else's life? We need to be connected with the Holy Spirit. We need to speak the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen to that. Parents need the word of wisdom from God to give their children the right kind of advice. Somebody say amen. How many parents we have in the house? Raise your hand. Holy cow, we got a lot of parents. 
We must have like 170 kids next door. As a parent, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a parent as well. I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old who's about to be a 9-year-old. And if I don't pray, I don't know. A wise man once told me, you, you do not ever master parenthood. You actually simply survive it. I know it sounds funny, but it's really true. Without God's wisdom, without the wisdom of the Holy Spirit uh, leading you to lead your children, you can blow it, and you can blow it hard. Amen? Scripture tells us, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they shall not depart from it. It's Proverbs. How can you train train them up in the way that they should go if you're not training them the way the Holy Spirit would lead them? Who knows their future? Not you. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. All you can do is trust and invest the word of God and spirit-filled wisdom into your children. Somebody say amen. All right. Y'all got to stop yawning because you're going to have me fall asleep up here. Nate, come back up here. Take the mic. Spiritual gifts. Uh, Write this down. Number four, the spirit will lead you with wisdom. He will lead you with wisdom. We need the wisdom of God to help us navigate the crazy world and the madness of this society we live in. I'm going to read a portion of Scripture to you. Everybody turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. The Holy Spirit can make you wise. Whether you have a college degree or not, whether you have a graduate's or a doctorate's or not, the Holy Spirit can make you wise. Whether people think you're smart or not, whether you think you're smart or not, the Holy Spirit can make you wise. Ephesians chapter 1. We find in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul writes down his prayer for the church at Ephesus. So we're going to read 15 to 30, I'm sorry, 15 to 22. And I'm just going to stop at a couple of points in this section. Prayer for spiritual wisdom. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Everybody say spirit of wisdom and revelation. And the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Everybody say, know the hope of his calling. And the, what he means there, th- there's a threefold portion of this that he's talking about. The first being, know what is the hope of his calling. It speaks toward your purpose, your destiny, your ministry and calling. Where am I headed and what am I designed for? right? The hope of his calling. How many of you know that he has called you? Raise your hand. He has called you. Every single hand should be up. Every single hand should be up. No. How many of you know that he has called you? You have been called. He has called you. There's something that he requires of you. There's something that he has designed you for to do in and for his kingdom. Say amen. You may not believe it, but it's true. When you read in his word, it leads you to the idea that you have a purpose. You have a calling. There's something that God has designed you for in his kingdom. You ever, you ever, you ever do color by numbers? Right? So the, you have a color by numbers. It's a picture and you can't tell what the picture is. Um, but if you follow the directions on the side, you see number five is red, number four is green, number three is blue, and so on and so forth. And as you begin to color in the appropriate numbers with the appropriate spaces, the, the picture starts to unfold. 
But you have to follow the plan. You have to follow the directions. If you don't follow them the right way, and, and so we can equate the directions and the numbers and the colors to the Word of God. We can equate that to the direction of the Holy Spirit. We, we can equate that to our obedience to the direction of the Holy Spirit. If we're not coloring the picture the way the Holy Spirit leads us, we could blow it. Even in ministry. We need the Holy Spirit to direct us with what ministry we need to be in. Because we're not designed for every ministry. We may want to be able to do all ministries, and we may want to think that we have the energy and the flexibility and the durability to stretch ourselves in a thousand different directions, but it will eventually and ultimately lead to burnout. We can't be involved in every ministry. So we need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, where do I belong in this body of believers? Am I the pinky toe? Am I the eyelash? Am I the gallbladder? <laughs> Nate, li Nate likes the gallbladder. I personally like the pancreas. We have to ask the Holy Spirit where we fit, what we should be doing, what we should be using our hands for, what we should be using our minds for, and asking the Holy Spirit, how do we prepare? The Holy Spirit can speak to us and tell us what we need to do to prepare for the ministry God has called us for. Now, not everybody's a pastor. Not everybody's a musician. Not everybody's a teacher, preacher. Not everybody's an evangelist. But everybody can witness. Everybody can pray. Everybody can share some of the word of God with somebody. Everybody can invite somebody to church. Everybody can hand somebody a track. Everybody can notice that somebody's in need and bless them. Right? That may be your ministry. There are some folks here already engaged. In, uh, we have Sister Isabel Bello. How many of you know her? Raise your hand. See? I think we might like her. No, we love Sister Isabel. She is a person who is um, driven to call people. She's got like this phone ministry thing where she calls people, says, hey, how you doing? You know, uh, I was thinking about you this week, was praying. You need any prayer for anything? Haven't seen you this week. Everything all right? She's, she's got that down, man. Now, is she teaching, preaching, uh, singing? No, she's not doing anything of that nature, but she's doing what she feels like she's led to do. How cool is that? How many people here have ever gotten a phone call from her? Look at that. Or a text. Raise your hand. Smoke signal. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Amen? Um, number two. So I'm going to continue. Ephesians chapter 1. To know what is the hope of your calling. This is Paul's prayer for the uh, Ephesian church. Your, um, the second one's, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Right? The Jesus benefits program. The perks. The good stuff. It helps us to keep our eyes on the prize. The reward we read about at the end of the book. Right? So in Paul's prayer for us, the wisdom and revelation he was praying for was specifically so that we would know the hope of his calling. So we would know what we're supposed to be doing, number one. Number two, so we would keep at the forefront of our thinking the glorious reward of serving him on earth. Amen? Because we can get tired. We can forget what this is all about. After that 7,000 phone calls, like, what the heck am I doing this for? Some of these people are just downright rude. Is your novella more important than getting a call from somebody who's concerned about your, your, your well-being? You can get tired after a while. But if you remember what you're doing it for, if you remember that God is sitting on the throne and it is, it is his desire that we bring everybody into the fold of the redeemed so that we can celebrate in heaven with him, then you keep focused on the purpose. Amen? To know the glory of his inheritance in the saints um, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Somebody say exceeding greatness of power. Say that one more time. Exceeding greatness of power. 
what he wants you to do is keep your perspective straight. He wants you to remember each and every day, my daddy's in control. My daddy's bigger and stronger and faster than your daddy. Right? The, the other daddy in the world is the devil. Amen? That is the opposing force that's trying to trip us up. And his job is to steal, kill, and destroy us. And if we keep in mind the power behind Almighty God, the power that, was, that he used to rise Jesus from the dead, right? So let's read this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, far above, far above all principalities, powers, uh, which he worked in Christ Jesus, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and did the stinky leg on it and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Can we stop that, whatever that is? The ringing? Help me out. And he gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Everybody said, everybody repeat after me, and he put all things under his feet and did the stinky leg. That's right. Those of you who don't know what the stinky leg is, it's a dance, right? And I can't really, it's something like this. Nate, show him. Get up and give it to him. No, no, come here. Let, let them see it. Come on. All right, put it out in the aisle, just that one foot. Yeah. Come show me the stinky leg. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. Here it is, here it is. There it is. That's the stinky leg. So if you can imagine Almighty God putting Jesus' foot down, putting all things under his feet and grinding it down into the ground. I got it. I got it. Stinky leg. Jesus is the head of over all things to the church. Say amen. And he leads us by his spirit. So Paul's prayer was so that we would know the hope of his calling, so that we would know the riches of the glory of his inheritance, and so that we would uh, get a revelation of the exceeding greatness of his power. Now, if you get a revelation of God's exceeding greatness and power, what you're going to have is what my sister talked about, um, the idea that you have confidence in who God is, that you have confidence and the fact that he can do what his word says that he can do. You have confidence that you can step out in faith and God will meet you there. Amen? You can have confidence and know that when you pray, your prayers are being heard and taken and something is being done with them. Amen? If you get a revelation of the greatness of the power of his glory... You don't worry about what people think about you. You step out in faith and you move according to God's will and his word. Amen. You get excited about who Jesus is and you move in confidence. Somebody say, be confident because our daddy is great. And he does the stinky leg. The Holy Spirit can give us the wisdom to be confident in God, to know who he is and what his expectations are to be obedient to his word and his will. Number five, the spirit can lead you through prophecy. Everybody say, dum, dum, dum. Everybody say prophecy. Prophecy, whether it's in plain English or in tongues and the interpretation in tongues is a way in which the Holy Spirit speaks and leads a group sometimes. Prophecy is God's message. How many, how many people here have ever heard prophecy or have been around or have been in a church service where prophecy has taken place. It may be telling something that will be taking place in the future. It may just be a message of exhortation and comfort to help the hearers. Sometimes the message comes first in tongues and then is interpreted 
And these two gifts combined together are like the gift of prophecy. Some people, everybody, some pe- everybody say some people, are afraid of these gifts of the Spirit because of false messages that they may have heard about. And this is like refusing to accept money because you might get a counterfeit bill. Right? So we're not supposed to be afraid of prophetic things. We're not supposed to be afraid of prophecy that's given to us because we're worried that it's going to fall apart and be counterfeit. Right? The devil likes to use counterfeit things. He likes to mimic the things of God to bring us down. Say amen. And some of us may have been hurt. Uh, A church that I used to go to a while back, there was a quote-unquote prophet that came in and said, you and you are supposed to be married, and it is ordained of God. And so this was like the worst thing that could ever taken place because their whole relationship fell apart very quickly. And it was very scary, and, and you saw the whole thing crumble. And so this prophet who came from far away, wasn't a member of our church, wasn't really frequently at our church, came and dropped this prophesy, I mean, uh, this this prophecy, and uh, and it wasn't of God, and kind of blew up the whole thing for these two young people. Yeah, and so it's because th- this kind of thing happens sometimes, and people get terrified of prophecy. Not too long ago, I heard of a, I heard of a prophet. It was a guy who plays the keyboard and prophesies, right? And uh, he had he had preached or or prophesied back in two thousand three or something that God was going to bring um, the Al-Qaeda guy, the Taliban Al-Qaeda guy, Twin Towers, Bin Laden, Osama Bin Laden. God was going to bring Osama Bin Laden to the United... He was going to allow him to be captured in 2004. And so we all know that, you know, it happened much later, right? What was it, 2009? 2009. And so this prophet was a well-respected prophet, and uh, and so he was dead wrong. Do you know what differentiates a prophet from a non-prophet? If what they prophesy comes true. It's that simple. I mean, there's no tremendous thing behind it. It's not this whole mystical understanding deal. If they prophesy something and it comes to pass, then I guess they're a prophet. But if they prophesy something and it doesn't come to pass or it's wrong, it's dead wrong, then, you know, Ignore him. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but ignore him. Somebody say amen. Uh, the Holy Spirit does not want you to refuse his gifts for fear of receiving a counterfeit or imitation of his work. Neither does God want you to be deceived by imitations of his work. That's why one of the gifts of the Spirit is discernment of spirits. Right? So that's a spiritual gift that God gives us. It protects the church from the work of evil spirits and mistaken ideas of people. People sometimes mistake their own ideas for revelations from God. Some bring terrible confusion by giving messages to tell others whom to marry, where to go, what to do. Uh, So God tells us to test. Everybody say test all messages. Uh, Do not restrain the Holy Spirit. Do not despise, despise inspired messages. Put all things to the test. Keep what is good and avoid every kind of evil. Yes, sir. What test? Write down number six. I'm going to give you a five-point test. Since I'm pastor, I get to full rank from time to time. I've heard a very strong lie of many young folk today. Uh, that are literally being pulled away from the church. They're getting some teachings or some pseudo-teachings, fake wisdom from the world, from systems, from schools, and it's this. They're starting to doubt the veracity of the place where they can test anything. In other words, the word of God is right now being attacked as being something that is not accurate, Something that, you know, uh, the, the prophets of old really didn't have it all together. They made mistakes. So one of the ways the Holy Spirit leads us is by his word. The word is the rock. That's it, right? Having said that, one of the biggest 
attacks is the very old one from the book of Genesis. Has he really said? Has God really said? See, so I want you to emphasize that today because I am sure that one or more people today that are hearing this are going to say, well, you know, I've heard this. My uncle said that. My 13-year-old boy said this. My 30-year-old daughter said this. You know, the Bible isn't really uh, perfect. Uh, and so if we hear a prophecy and it's off, it's off according to what? The word. But now the big question is, and the big attack I see out there is, that the word itself is being attacked. And if that's the oldest trick in the book. So maybe you want to say something about that in your 20 points that you'll be sharing next. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's awesome. Somebody say the word is being attacked. Don't just challenge the God, but challenge the word. You know, that's absolutely right. I find my kids in, in school, they're... they're um, there's a lot of anti-Christian things going on, uh, especially within history. Um, they're doing a lot more teaching about Islam and the Ottoman Turk Empire than, you know, Christianity. Um, there are even some very subversive elements that the, that the teacher is putting in there to kind of show the dominance of Islam over Christianity, the dominance over the principles over Christianity. Um, and, you know, my kids, 8 years old and 11-year-old, they come... And they tell me and they bring me the, 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 the materials that they're reading. And I'm like, guys, you know this isn't true. And they're like, yeah, we thought so. That's why we brought it to you. And, and, you, know, and that's, you know, that's what we have to do with our children. We have to inform them. They're not too small to learn. They're not too little to understand. You know, don't worry about taboos and think, things that you think may be a little bit too adult for them. Just give them the truth. Somebody say, give them the truth, no matter what. Uh, so messages from the Holy Spirit have to meet these five standards. All right, so you ready? So this was number six, and this will be our last one. Hallelujah. The message must agree completely with God's word. Number one, the message must co agree completely with God's word. For example, a message that tells a man to take someone else's wife could not possibly be from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to help us obey God, not tell us to do something God has forbidden. But if you don't know the word, you don't know. Always go back to the book. Um, agreement with God's word is the most important test. Everything has to be measured by it. Amen. Number two, the message must be true. If what is said in a message is not true, it is not from the Holy Spirit, for he is the spirit of truth. That's what the Bible tells us. Prophecies that are from the Lord are fulfilled. When the word of that prophet is fulfilled, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. Jeremiah chapter 28, verse 9. Let me say that again. When the word of that prophet is fulfilled, not before, when the word of that prophet is fulfilled, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. Amen? Thank you, my brother. Appreciate that. That sound was driving me crazy. And if you say in your heart, how are we to know which word the Lord has, has, spoke, has not spoken? What a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord, which is not fulfilled and does not happen, that is a message to which the Lord did not give utterance. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Have no fear of him. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. But when the spirit of truth comes, he would lead you into all the truth. John sixteen thirteen. When the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. That's how the Holy Spirit leads us another way. Number three, uh, the way you tell whether or not a prophecy is good or not, the message will honor Christ. It will honor Christ. The spirit of God and the spirit of Christ honor both the father and the son. He will give me glory, Jesus said in John chapter 16, 14. No one who is led by God's spirit can say a curse on Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12. The message will honor Christ. Number four, the message will bring blessing 
and not confusion. Blessing and not confusion. Number four, the, the message will bring blessing and not confusion. The one who speaks God's message speaks to men and gives them help, encouragement, and comfort. The one who speaks God's message helps the church. Everything must be of help to the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 3 and 4. And everybody say the final one, number five. The one who gives the message is conscious and responsible to do everything in an orderly way. Somebody say an orderly way. Now it's important to know that Satan imitates the work of the Holy Spirit, right? We've, we've seen this. Uh, in spiritism, the mediums may go into a trance and not be conscious of what they say when another spirit takes control of them. But when the Holy Spirit gives a message through a person, he does it with the conscious cooperation of that person. Somebody say amen. amen. So if somebody looks like they're blanking out like something in a horror movie and they want to give you a word of the Lord, move away from that person. If they're going into some kind of crazy random trance and spinning around like a top, um, back away slowly. Somebody say, keep it moving. And very importantly, the person can choose when to speak and when to keep quiet so that he won't interrupt the message God has given the pastor or others. Paul clearly teaches this in 1 Corinthians 14. So those who have the gifts of the Spirit must recognize the leadership of the pastor and not resent his instruction or advice. The gift of speaking God's message should be under the speaker's control. For God has not called us to be disorderly, but peaceful. Everything must be done in a proper and orderly way. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 32. Just going to give you another quick one. Uh, this would be number seven. The Holy Spirit leads us through visions and dreams. You know how I came to the church? The first time, I had a dream, right? So my, at the time, my girlfriend was going. She had just reestablished her life in Christ. She, you know, had backslidden, and she met me in the midst of it. And then she started, she had a crazy experience with a witch and decided to start going back to church. She started going to church, and over the course of about a month and a half, two months, I was really annoyed with everything that she said and did. And we lived together. And it drove me crazy, and I didn't realize that it was the Spirit of God now infiltrating my whole thing. And it annoyed me to death. And one night, it was a Wednesday night, she came back from Bible study, um, and she could clearly see that I was really bothered. And she said, come on, man, just give it up. You know, if you really want to know if God exists, just ask Him to reveal Himself to you. And so, you know, immediately after, she went and took a shower, and I'm sitting in the, in the bedroom on the, on the corner of the bed, uh, really, really just annoyed. And, and in a very cynical way, I literally said, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me in just that way. And uh, went to bed about 15 minutes, half hour later, and God gave me this incredible dream. And, you know, we definitely don't have time for me to tell you the dream. Sorry. But this dream actually led me to want to actually go back to the church and find somebody who could interpret it for me. And when I went to the church that she was going to, this little old sister named Lucy with this enormous white bun uh, had actually interpreted the dream for me. And the crux of it was it was about my new birth experience. I had no idea what that meant, but I got saved that day as a result of a dream. The Holy Spirit leads us through dreams. He couldn't use a person to tell me about the gospel of Christ because I wasn't going to receive it. He couldn't get me to read the Bible because I wasn't going to read it. But he sent me a dream. He got me in my sleep because that's where I wasn't going to get away. And he knew that's what I would respond to. And the Holy Spirit used what was necessary for me to grab me and to pull me in. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit spoke to Pastor Victor once. We, we were uh, at the school. And uh, we were at the school and the Holy Spirit, I think, gave you a dream 
where the Board of Ed, you were sitting at a table, and there was a discussion regarding uh, what, you know, whether or not we could stay in the building or something, and, and God had given you a revelation through a dream that there was going to be some kind of issue where the Board of Ed was going to make it very difficult for churches to then rent out auditoriums. And you started to move in advance, uh, and we were able to get out of the school situation, and then shortly thereafter, there was issues with the Board of Ed and churches. Um, and so God spoke to Pastor Victor through a dream. Um, and so that eventually led us to this gorgeous building that we're in now. The Holy Spirit leads us through circumstances and impressions. Sometimes we get tripped up in our plans. Last week we had a sister that was trying to get the church, was blocked in. Her car couldn't get out. And uh, she was just on fire the whole morning. Because she was inconvenienced. When we're inconvenienced sometimes, we don't realize that God may be using a situation for his benefit, not ours. There may be somebody who we may cross paths with that may need something from the Holy Spirit, and we have it. Remember I told you that we're representatives of the kingdom? Don't get all twisted up when you're a little inconvenienced with your time. Figure out where God is leading you. Figure out where the God opportunity is. And he leads us through impressions sometimes. Everybody say impressions. Sometimes we may have a petition before God. We may be asking him something. And as we're weighing our decision, we see we can go to the left, we can go to the right. And when we think about it, deep in our spirits, we could be really bothered and with one particular decision. But then with the other one, if we consider it, we may be at complete and total peace as if though the Holy Spirit is saying that's the right way. He can impress upon us and help us to know in a deep and inner way. 